What up, what up? Welcome back. Fantasy Football Smackdown Live here on YouTube. Wednesday night, 9 p.m.-ish, maybe. 9.05 Eastern Time. <laughs> Welcome in. I'm your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Monthe. We're going to start with the new man to the crew, Mike Casper, joining us for the first time. Mike, why don't you introduce yourself to the people here? Hey, yeah, Kyle. Thanks for having me. This is fun to come on. I'm, uh, I've been a Patreon of the DWZ for a little over a year, and Memphis has given us the grace of making some Patreon pods there, so produce a little extra content over there. So I'm just a dynasty lover. I've been playing for about four years now. I've been doing redraft for about seven or eight. So love Dynasty, though. Can't get enough. But redraft's still my thing. So Awesome, man. And, and like that, a little plug, too, for the Patreon. So go check that out. The chat is always crazy insane. I wish I had more time for it, honestly. Every time I jump in there, I'm just like, you know, blown away by the conversations they're all having. Uh, and I've been in a, in a league or two with a lot of those guys. It's a great group. So definitely jump on in there. Uh, Jake Rip, co-host. It's been two days, bro. How you feeling? You still you recovered after that uh, wide receiver thirty-two and thirty-two? Yeah, man. I thought I thought that went pretty well. I got to be honest. I was nervous going into it, but all in all, not too many hiccups. I think we've uh, we've climbed the ladder, going from quarterback to running back to receiver. I'm not going to be around next week, so good luck with tight ends. That's going to be quite the uh, yeah. quite the show, but. Uh, real, real convenient I, for you to miss the tight end show. Yeah. So well, I was just about to say, yeah. I, I told you off the air that I, I was hoping you could give my analysis along that I do have Travis Kelsey as my tight end one this year. So yes. in case people were wondering, that's where I stand. I take <laughs> great, great work. Tyler, welcome back, bro. At FF Tyler. Oh, uh, how you been? How was your expo experience? I know you made it out. Yeah, expo was great. It was uh, quite wonderful to uh, meet a bunch of the uh, Twitter friends in real life. As uh, I feel like now my wife can't make fun of me for having internet friends because now they are my real friends, which is great. But uh, had a good time, recovered, happy to be here and talk some football. Yeah, man, good to have you back. And of course, last but not least, we can't forget him, at DWZ Memphis, the godfather himself. This dude was rubbing elbows with everybody down there at the Expo. And bro, it was, it was good to hang out with you, man. Dude, it was great to catch up. I was rubbing more than elbows. Oh, I was, I was- I was going to say it. He beat me to it. I tried to leave uh, it there, but. Well, but no, it was great. So many good people. And because you are watching and listening to a Dynasty Warzone fantasy football production, we're telling everybody, Bob Lung has already released the dates for 2022. It's August 13th and 14th. And as Jerry and I said last night on the Dynasty Warzone, book your shit. Go ahead and book it. You know, get, get your hotel room at the Doubletree. That was the event hotel. But if you don't want to pay $20 for the breakfast buffet, highly recommend the Fairfield Inn and Suites. That's where Jerry and I stayed. The nice old lady who made our breakfast every morning at the buffet, two thumbs up, baked into the price. Can't beat it with a stick. Six minutes away from the event. There you go. I had, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give one more shout out to uh, Bama, Patreon member. Got to hang out with him a bunch. Big Sean treat people <laughs> but uh that was a funny story but anyway um yeah man expo was awesome it was cool to see a lot of other people that i've known through the industry uh you know quote unquote dude just everybody was just awesome i didn't meet a single person where i walked away i was like oh dude that guy is you know a douche like it was just good times it was really did, was did so. you meet kyle august I, 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 I did. Uh, that guy is a douche, but you know, whatever. We just let him hang around here on the show once in a while. So, <laughs> oh man, good, good times for sure. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'll leave that for off air. Never mind. I won't say that. Um, anyway, let's start off. We got a, we got a little free open question here to start the show. We're going to dive into all of your fantasy questions, whatever you got redraft. If you got dynasty questions, bring them here, leave them in the chat. Um, and they will get answered on this show. But let's kick it around the room here. Let's start the show off with a little bit of fun here. Uh, topic I threw out this week for you guys was your favorite, uh, your top three favorite NFL players f- that did not play for your NFL team. So, like, my favorite team is the Cowboys, so I would not be able to know Cowboys players would be eligible for that. So hopefully that's not too complicated. But uh, let's uh, – we'll just go one – just give us your one through three, and we'll kick it around the room. We'll start with uh, with the new guy. We'll start with Mike. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, no, thanks. It was a lot of fun. Um, I started with the fantasy one, kind of my boo this year in Dynasty, and that's C.D. Lamb. I don't like to be too hot takey, but I just think his he's going to be wide receiver one to three by the end of the year uh, overall in the wide receiver realm. So he's going to be fun to watch. I live in Texas now, too, so 
I'm a Broncos fan, so I'm trying my best to go up there and see him play. Um, it's the day after my birthday, so I just got to put the plug into my wife to go to Jerry World and, <laughs> and get some tickets. But he's one fantasy I definitely love to watch. Uh, nice. The other one's Mahomes, which I only say that because I'm a Broncos fan, but I just love watching him sling the rock. So despite how much we've hated the Chiefs over the years as a Broncos fan, you can't doubt his game. And it's so much fun to watch. And then my other, my third one is just Aaron Donald um, on defense, just to see how much he's actually double teamed and how he can just destroy games uh, single-handedly is, is super fun to watch. So that's my top three currently playing. Yeah, Excellent, sure. man. All, all beast for sure. And uh, I mean, who can't, who doesn't love Pat Mahomes, bro? The dude is definitely, uh, it's going to be a joy to probably watch that guy for the next you know, 10, 15 years. I don't know if I'd want to be in his division, but I'm glad that you put him on your uh, list. I, I like that. Uh, Jake, how about you, man? You, no Falcons for you. So you can't even put Julio on there if you wanted to. I'm sorry, bro. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? Now that you're saying that, I wish I didn't bring up Julio's name, but I'm trying to think of like guys. You say who's my favorite player. Like, I don't know. Who's a guy I would get a, like a T-shirt of or I'd be able to put down $30 for to, to get their shirt? Yeah, Jonathan Taylor? Like, I don't know. I, I think I consider him one of my guys as far as RB talents in the league. Like I'd, I'd put him right up there with Saquon, top two, top three in a vacuum. Uh, I, I, I after that I went to the tight end position, and Cal, you saw most recently in a draft that we're doing, TJ Hawkinson. I'm getting him everywhere, uh, and, and some a lot of times I feel like at a value. Surprisingly enough, like as a, as a guy who seems like he's going to get peppered with targets. Um, and, and maybe I took this question a little bit as much of like a, from a fantasy perspective. And actually, you know what? And, and if you're asking me who my favorite players are, that kind of is my answer. Like the guys who are scoring me points on Sunday for my fantasy team. If I can't choose guys on the Falcons and these guys are my favorite players. Um, love Jonathan Taylor, love TJ Hawkinson, and I love DK Metcalf. Uh, it, is he still 22 years old? <laughs> forever and always i'm not dude i'm not even sold on that like i hear that i hear i, I get like the uh the bench warmers uh the vet bench warmers vibe where it goes up to the mound to check his birth certificate and he gives them the five dollar bill and inside it has written in crayon says i am 12 for his birth certificate i feel the same way with dk metcalf man the dude uh that dude's a superstar he's gonna be freaking ridiculous and i don't think he's even come close to his ceiling uh, it's it's fun to watch him play. I think it's just only going to get better. But those those are my three guys. I think if you've asked me my favorite players that aren't Falcons, I like those three. Awesome, man. Tyler, how about you, bro? Yeah. So the the first name that I was going to say was going to be Matt Stafford because he's no longer a Lion. But it sounds like the stipulation is they have not played for my Detroit Lions, so he's off the list. Um, the first one's going to be quite easy for me. It's going to be Dak Prescott. Um, followed his career since college, like since he got into the league. I've been standing Dak Prescott before he was actually elite, saying he's elite as like a halfway bit, but then it came true. So like I, I'm all aboard on Dak Prescott. I absolutely love the guy. Um, I'm, I promise I'm not pandering right now, but like Tony Romo, uh, again, probably one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time, super underrated. Um, Michael just Irvin, just, just, just love his game as well. I mean, the thing is, is like, I, I'm, I'm almost like a closeted, uh, Cowboys fan. Not that I like the team. I've just always been a huge fan uh, of their quarterbacks. And then finally, um, probably Tyler Lockett has a great name. I think that's probably the first part of that, but also followed his career since, uh, Kansas state days, just love the way he plays the game, especially about the Russell Wilson. I think they got that kind of, uh, I don't know. It was like unspoken or that into like intuitive. Like they're just always on the same page. Just watching those two play football has always been uh, a treat. So it's going to be Romo Prescott and Tyler Lockett. And there you go. Uh, Tyler's top three players also known as his entry ticket to this show. Anytime he wants uh, positive talk <laughs> about Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. That'll get you an invite every single day. Uh, Memphis drop, drop some knowledge, drop some wisdom here. You know, I thought my first guy was out of the league, but I remember he's actually still back in the league is Rob Gronkowski. He's as awesome off the field as he is on it. And if there was a guy that like, you know, like if you want like a trip to hang out with any NFL player in the world in Vegas for like a weekend, how are you not picking Rob Gronkowski? So just as much fun on the field as off. Uh, my second would be Terry McLaren. I think everybody knows who listens to any of the shows that I've been on. I've been on Terry McLaren since pre-draft of his rookie year. Uh, big, big fan. And then I'm going to go with my all-time favorite player, Bo Jackson. Always Bo Jackson. Uh, I'm a Colts fan, so I didn't name any Colts. 
So there you go, sir. Rob Gronkowski. Now, he did throw one of the Colts. I forget the guy's name. He threw him out of the club that one night on that Sunday night game, like literally bounced him like through the end zone on his way to scoring a touchdown. But, hey, these things happen. Yeah, Gronk, Gronk, Gronk is a good one. He was uh, somebody that was on my list I, I uh, almost, but he just missed the top three for me. I pretty much went all, for, for whatever reason, I don't know. And, again, this was completely open-ended. You guys could do however you wanted. Um, I ended up with all, like, retired guys. <laughs> but uh, my list was Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mode, number three. I owned him all the time in fantasy football. I don't know why. He always seemed like he was just disrespected, um, even though he got a lot of pub. Um, he was always attainable. Uh, number two for me was Randy Moss. Uh, my first impression of him was him kicking me in the nads at like age seven or whatever on Thanksgiving day, whatever year that was unbelievable talent, obviously, but dude was just a monster. Uh, and number one, uh, for me, favorite player that's not a cowboy of all time is Mike Vick. I mean, uh, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that as far as just buying whatever that Madden 2001 or whatever. And the dude was just a different breed. And uh, definitely my favorite player to never play on the Cowboys for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, man, there you go. So great list there. Um, absolutely. Let's uh, let's dive into a couple of things here. If you guys are watching live and you have any questions, throw them in the chat. Uh, we have not talked tight ends yet on the SmackDown. Uh, it's coming next week. We're going to dive into every single team, cover every name that is relevant. But uh, I know for myself, I have my biggest draft of the year for my redraft leagues is this upcoming Saturday. It's big time. Uh, it's the one that I care about the most. So um, let's, uh, Jake, I'll start with you. I'll just put you on the spot. You're my co-host. So I think you can, you know, you can handle it. And if you get mad at me, you don't have a choice. You know, we're Shut married up, now. Kyle. <laughs> exactly. Up, Kyle. What is your, what, what's your thoughts on, on the tight end position kind of just overall? Is it, you know, for example, is it just give me the top three or I'm out? Is there a second tier of guys kind of who's in there? You know, what, what are you looking to do as your draft approaches? Kind of what's your, uh, you know, what's your thoughts going into it for the tight end position? Yeah, my take on this has kind of changed a lot this offseason. Like it started off as I'm I'm going Travis Kelsey or I'm waiting until the very last round to take a tight end. And then it's like, I don't know, I kind of moved George Kittle and Darren Waller, not into that same tier, but like they, those guys have so much value as it is. The hype around Kyle Pitts, I mean, that, that ceiling if uh, if Atlanta ends up using him as some sort of wide receiver, which I think a, a lot of people at this point are kind of anticipating, then uh, the, the, yeah, the the upside there is ridiculous. And then even down to T.J. Hawkinson and Mark Andrews, like last year, uh, I'm trying to think, it was, yeah, it would have been last year. Like the the whole uh, middle round tight end thing was like completely off the table for me. I wasn't even considering it. I was one of those bums who was out on Darren Waller. Uh, but, but looking at all these names, I mean, TJ Hawkinson, I've, I've already mentioned five times this show and we're 13 minutes in, uh, he's just going to, he's going to be off the charts and I'm really torn between him and Mark Andrews right now. I'm curious actually to know where the rest of the room stands on this, but, uh, with Rashad, if Rashad Bateman's missing time, it seems like, you know, it's just Mark Andrews of Mark Andrews pass. He's just going to get a buttload of targets and so is TJ Hawkinson. So, um. Uh, I, I, all right. So I guess I'll just open this up then for is anyone here yeah. taking Andrews over Hawkinson? No, nobody. Everyone. I, I have, I have Andrews on my fade list. He was my oh. cell when we did the AFC North. Uh, I do expect Bateman to be back. He might miss the first two to four games of the season. This is already a, a low volume passing offense. I know we've beaten that horse to death, but at the same time, you know, they brought in Sammy Watkins, and we all make fun of Sammy Watkins because he's kind of a unique personality, and he's never lived up to the hype that he was touted as a rookie coming into rookie drafts, but he's a professional wide receiver. He's a, he's a lot better. Him and, you know, Bateman are going to show up. They're going to be a lot better than Devin DuVernay and Miles Boykin. I don't think I'm making a bold proclamation by saying that. So now Mark Andrews is going to be in a lower passing volume offense with professional wide receiver Sammy Watkins with Rashad Bateman, who, like I said, he's going to, the long game. And, and then you're going to move uh, Hollywood Brown to the wide receiver three. That's a significantly better wide receiving group than Mark Andrews has ever played with. And that's going to give Lamar Jackson much more, many more options in the passing game. So the fact that he's going to hyper-target, and it's kind of odd to say anyone in a low-volume offense can be hyper-targeted, I just think what volume Andrews has lived off of is going to go way down in 2021. Maybe the first game or two, 
you know, until Bateman gets back, maybe not. But eventually, when you need him the most, I don't think the volume's going to be there. So that makes me very, very nervous for him, especially given the new target competition. Uh, Mike, Tyler, any, any initial thoughts on how you're approaching this, the tight end position, especially here at the top? Yeah, I, I, I was going to agree to to a degree. The, the interesting thing is like all of the wide receivers there are injured right now. Like Sammy Watkins just got injured two days ago too. You know, Bateman's injured and Marquise Brown's injured. So it might be a turn and flip at the beginning of the season kind of thing. Uh, you know, if Andrews gets off to a hot start because he's the only one there. You know, I'm a Broncos fan, and some of the insiders are saying the Ravens came calling about Tim Patrick uh, because of the injuries that they've had in their wide receiver room, which I think is interesting. He's not a slouch. You know, they, they signed him to, you know, one year, $3 million, and Denver has a huge wide receiver room right now. So they might let they might let him go. Um, but if he goes there and everyone's healthy, then, yeah, I don't know if I want any Andrews there. And as far as my just overall strategy, I'm kind of – one of the top three and then wait until the end to take a flyer on, you know, a Troutman or, you know, an Ingram or someone like that, that that'll just produce a Logan Thomas, a Tyler Higby's probably, you know, and what I'd like, what I would do personally is I I just take two at the end and then see what happens week one, drop one, pick up another one, you know, figure it out and see if you can find that Robert Tanya and lightning in a bottle kind of thing in the later rounds. Hey, Kyle, do, do you have a current ADP on where at, uh, Andrews is going? Like overall, I know with tight ends, he's probably five or six. Yeah, Andrews overall, yes, I do. I can just type into the internet. See, if you and type if in I Mark Andrews, Andrews right. on, on, the, <laughs> on the internet, and I hope you filibuster, fifth you round. will be able, you yeah, will be able to. He said a fifth round. So look at some of the fifth round wide receivers. Who's going in that fifth round running back wide receiver range? Um, you got it up, Kyle, because I got it. Yeah, so I got this is half PPR right now. So, yeah, he's going Mark Andrews going 51st overall. So, the, some of the receivers just ahead of him for reference. So, you got uh, you got Adam Thielen and Cooper Cup. Uh, but then behind Mark Andrews, you have Tyler Lockett, Hawkinson's actually behind him too. But TJ Moore is behind him, Deontay Johnson, um, Ayuk, Galladay. I mean, those are just I'm, receivers. There's a bunch I'm, of wide you, running backs. You right named now. a ton of names that I would, I mean, you said. Cup, you said Ayuk, you said DJ. I'll take all those guys, and I'll wait until the very last round or two, and I'll double tap Austin Hooper and Gerald Everett. I'm big on Austin Hooper this year. The Browns' schedule is way tougher this year. Last year they whooped up on the AFC South with the Jags and the Texans, and the Colts and the and the Titans notwithstanding, and they beat up on the NFC least. I mean East. And they swept both those divisions. But this year they have to play the NFC North, which means games against the Packers, Vikings, and Bears. And they've got to play the AFC West, which means the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the uh, the Chargers. And the Broncos' offense looks pretty good. They're, the the, the old-fashioned ground and pound in Cleveland is probably not going to happen as much in 2021. Agreed. And they're going to lean a little bit more on the passing game. So I like Baker for that reason as like a sleeper back-end QB. And I love Austin Hooper. Because if you tell me the number one target in the passing game is Jarvis Landry, there's no reason why Austin Hooper couldn't be number two. Sorry, I don't buy Odell Beckham. I don't buy broke things. Oh, man. Yeah, you mentioned Hooper. I was going to throw uh, just – and uh, Tyler, I'll kick it back. I'll kick it to you. If you're looking for a couple other names to start your season off with that are going very late, um, I like Hooper starts off with uh, the Chiefs and then – sorry – and then the Houston Texans. <laughs> So that's hilarious. Um, so you could go with him for two weeks and then take the approach that Mike was talking about as far as just kind of, you know, obviously picking these guys up and seeing how they do stream if you need. And then, um, you know, I wish he had more targets in the games that he played last year. It was a small sample size, but um, I, I like Irv Smith. You know, I think this is his time to shine. He's the man there now. And they start off against at Cincinnati, at Arizona, and then Seattle week three. I mean, those are all matchups that that offense should excel in. Um, so that's another Can guy. Can I ask you an Irv Smith question? Game. I would love an Irv Smith question. What's stopping him from being the second target volume receiver in that offense? If Adam at the end Thielen, of, it, Adam Thielen for sure. Adam Thielen. He's no, Adam. Adam Thielen's like thirty-one <laughs> years old and he's already hurt. If we look back at a year from now and say that you know Irv Smith was second on this team in targets behind Justin Jefferson, I'm not going to be stunned. I'm really not, because the the wide receiver three is um, Mark Mark. I forget his name. It's um. Smith Marquette, 
Or maybe D.D. Westbrook. Or maybe D.D. Yeah, Westbrook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe D.D. Yes, yes. Allow me to run out and take D.D. Westbrook over Irv Smith <laughs> right after I play yeah. in traffic. Get Ir- out of here. Ir- Irv Smith is going super, super uh, – sorry, yeah. He was going super late. Now he's 14th overall at the position. So he's not somebody you just get for free, but he is he's readily available. Hooper is free as hell. Like, you know that when you walk into a store and there's like that $5 DVD bin – like Austin Hooper's like the VHS tape that accidentally slid underneath and you got to dust it off. He's there, but he's usable for sure. Um, you just got to have a spot for him. So that's uh, there's a few guys. If, you, if you're looking to stream, uh, those are a couple of guys that I like because I'm usually in that camp too of starting off with just finding somebody and rolling with them. So uh, Tyler, thoughts, man? Yeah, it, I'll try to be short because I don't want to echo everybody too much, but I think uh, Kelsey is uh, in play uh, late first, early second. I really like the beginning, like obviously like being in the 101 to 103 because usually Waller or Kittle there in the third, the early third. Um, if I don't get one of those three, it's just a heavy fade. I'm waiting to take the – the. so if I don't get one of those three, I'm waiting to take like the tight end 15 or something like that. And like usually when we're talking like tight end 15, it's like you can probably um, – you know, you're looking at Higby, sometimes Tanyan. I mean Irv Smith, as you mentioned, could easily be there. Um, Ingram – you know, even Hooper, John, who I like Hunter Henry a bit more than most people this year. So, I mean, it's just taking some shots. And I think Mike said it's taking two shots uh, super late at like the tight end, like 15 and the tight end, like 17 or something like that. And just completely faded the position. Also, this is assuming there's not any t- type of tight end premium. So um, it's just the top three of us for me. Yeah. Well, can I give you a better answer than I gave you the last time? Absolutely, man. Take two. I like what Mike and Tyler both said about there being a top three because in the back of my mind, I was like, well, there's kind of like a top five, top six to me. I think there's a top three in like any regular standard scoring league, those top three being Kelsey, Kittle, Waller. But if there's a tight end premium, then I'm willing to consider a, a top five, top six because then you know th- that upside with uh, with Pitts, Hawkinson, uh, and even Mark Andrews, I, th- I, you know, I think if there's a tight end premium, then, then I'm willing to take a stab on those guys in the middle rounds. But if it's just regular... They're going to get the same uh, reception bonus as a uh, as a receiver. Then I, I think I'll agree with the top three uh, tight end thing. Yeah, I was I was with you, Jake. Like for the longest time that like through this off season, I was like, "There's three, and then there's another three, and then I'm out." And like I, the player I don't want in any draft is whoever tight end seven is. Like I don't want that guy. Yeah. Um. But like, yeah, like I've kind of Pitts and Andrews. I've gotten so high up when you talk about those players that we mentioned. Like, I, and Hawkins is actually going third amongst that. You know that group second group of three there's just there's just no way i'm taking those guys over some of those players that are there now hawkinson would be the most interesting to me like he's my tight end four i really think he's in for a lot but that price tag i'm just like nah no thanks i mean he's going 20 he's going two rounds before noah fan who's tight end seven so like you know that's that's a pretty big gap so i'm probably just going to miss out unless i take one, a guy in the first two rounds probably because that's where these other tight ends are, are going either end of round two early early round three so um we got a question from loyal listener. We got Andrew in the chat here, as always. He even apologized because he said sorry. He was in a meeting. I love how that is. Uh, like he's got to apologize to us for living his life. Um, but uh, he he said he said do any uh, do any of you trust the skill position players for the Jags week one? Um, I'm gonna give Andrew the benefit of the doubt here too. Obviously, he's in a meeting. He's working. He's grinding. I'll throw some context on here. Uh, Jacksonville week one at Houston. So maybe that might make your answer a little bit easier. Uh, might pull you another direction, but this is an offense that, you know, is in theory, as long as Nick Saban doesn't pull the rug out from all of us, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence week one. Um, a lot of new faces there, rookies, you know, Marvin Jones coming in. Um, we talked about the Jags receivers a little bit last week, but um, week one, right off the bat, how are you guys feeling about this Jags offense? Is there a guy that excites you? Is there, or are you just, is there anybody you're fading or are you just out altogether? Weirdly enough, with the way that Andrew posed that question, how how do you or however do you do any of you trust the skill <laughs> position players for the Jags week one? Bear with me. I've had a couple of beers before we got into this episode. Uh, weirdly enough, I'm not sure there's anyone I trust more than James Robinson. It sounds like this dude's going to get the carries in week one. Uh, did you say Houston Texans week one, Kyle? At, at Houston, on the road, on the road at Houston. Even better, yeah. no humidity in that <laughs> South Florida. There you go. Yeah, it's hotter than yeah. it's hotter and stickier than I'm not going to go there than in uh, in Jacksonville in the the first part of September. Being in that dome is great. We're talking season long. Give me Travis Etienne. I'm not particularly close on that one, but I think week one James Robinson could go 
bananas in, in this offense against Houston. I, I was fist pumping. I, I could not agree more. If the Jacksonville, and they're not going to be favored many, but if Jacksonville is favored or going to be ahead or close in the game, that's a James Robinson game. If they're going to be behind and trailing, which they're going to do a lot because they suck, then, yes, you're going to want Travis Etienne. So they're ga- the, the, to me, the Jags are game script dependent. If they're going to be behind and chucking the rock, give me Visca, give me some Marvin Jones, give me, give me Trevor Lawrence, give me ETN. And if they're going to win, like they probably will this game, give me James Robinson. I'm still starting Marvin Jones. I don't want to go on a Marvin Jones rant, but he's their wide receiver. He's their wide receiver one. He's a he's their wide receiver one man. Chark ain't nothing. Like he is better than Chark at 31 years old. He's better than Chark. Like Chark isn't even like somebody I consider. I think LaVisca is probably a start as well. I'm starting Marvin Jones, LaVisca, but I think most people would agree to start LaVisca. But Marvin Jones, for me, is going to be a start uh, until I think he's one of the best wide receivers. I mean, yeah, maybe in that game they might be not throwing a ton, but I'm still there. I am. I I have Marvin Jones in my top 36 uh, going into this year, and I'm, I'm all over it. Now, we'll, we'll start him until he gives me a good reason to stop. I'll throw some context there. Just uh, to look at updated ADP. You got Chark going right now at wide receiver 33, 86th overall. LaVisca outside the top 110. He's going at 116th overall, 40, wide receiver 42. Marvin Jones sitting there as a, as a uh, around, what, 11 or 12 here. Wide receiver 55. I mean, we, we talked about this a little last week, but like I'll just take whoever's the cheapest uh, of that group. I don't want Chark really at, at that price tag. So I'll take whoever's cheapest. And if that's Marvin Jones, I'm good. But uh, yeah, I love, I love the, uh, the, the James Robinson call. It's been, it's been a weird off season for sure. I think people have kind of gone back and forth. Uh, I think this dude's going to have a role and he, I think where he's being talked about right now, you know, he's, he's a solid value, you know, come draft day, uh, he's going wide receiver 25. I think there's a few names that people will get excited about and take over him. Um, but, uh, yeah. And if you, you can get him, he's going right around that same range as Mark Andrews and Hawkinson. So, um, there's a running back there. That's just outside the top 24. You could take a shot on, could get off to a hot start. So, um, definitely an interesting question for a team that wasn't very fancy relevant last year. Mike, any, any, uh, closing thoughts there on the Jags that, uh, people should, should know I would, about. I was just going to say, follow the coach speak, uh, from last week, from week one in the preseason, you know, uh, urban Meyer said he wanted them to go faster. He said, everything's so, so slow. I want them to go faster. So I'm curious, just follow the next two games. Are, are they doing more plays? You know, are they doing this up-tempo kind of offense? Cause more plays, more runs, more passes, more points. Right. So I'm curious to see if they actually do that or if that's just urban Meyer coach speak, cause he's a new coach and that's what he wants to say and people want to hear. So something to keep an eye on the next couple of weeks, I think in the preseason. Yeah. And now they don't have to force the ball at Tim Tebow. So there's that. It's going to be uh, good times for the Jags now. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up because I, I saw this man talking about it on Twitter and I, and I'm pretty sure I saw people or I heard people calling him out while I was hanging out with Memphis at the expo. And I wanted his thoughts because I drafted this guy in round three and a slow draft is in Memphis. Can you just give me, drop some wisdom on me? Why are you in on Joe Mixon for this season? What, what should the people know? Give me the, give me the elevator pitch on uh, old Joe Mixon. Well, for, for me, the reason why I'm in is uh, a beat reporter uh, close to the team said that this is not going to be the, the Zach Taylor offense we've seen the last two years where they've led the league in dropbacks or been in the top three for sure. And I think last year, Joe Burrow averaged 40 dropbacks a game. Here's the thing. You know, I could see that getting cut by a quarter and Joe Mixon is just going to be leaned on. I think the team's going to be better in general. So for me, I don't mind Joe Mixon this year. Uh, Going to be much more involved in the passing game. Giovanni Bernard is gone. His only trick is he's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay healthy in 2021. But if Joe Mixon stays healthy, as, as much as it pains me to say, he's got RB5 upside written all over him this year. And, and, and I, I don't like saying it, but... So for, for me, for Joe Mixon, give me all the Joe Mixon in 2021, and I'm going to sell him off at the end of the season to... Uh, Someone who thinks water's found its level. <laughs> Jake, I know you've been talking. You've been talking about Joe Mixon to me for like I don't know four or five months. It feels like, uh, and every time we go over rankings or talk about the position, I would always just naturally bury this guy. And and I wouldn't use the excuse like, well, he burned me last year. But it just seemed like we've seen this dude for years, and he's never done it. But you were in on this guy from the spring. Uh, you know, has your position changed? Or have you, you have gotten? Uh, or are you still totally on board? 
The only thing that I could give you slight pause about Joe Mixon might be that infamous Cincinnati offensive line. Um, but besides that, like, I mean, you're looking at the games from last year, 19 attempts, 16 attempts, 17, 25 attempts, 24 attempts, 18 attempts. Like he's, he's one of those handful of running backs in the league. One of like six or seven, that might even be too many running backs. That's getting just the, this enormous bulk of the, the backfield work. Uh, in the receiving game too, Mixon's going to be active there. So I, yeah, I couldn't agree more with what Memphis said. I think he's a value where he's being taken now. He was being overdrafted last year, somewhere around like the end of the first round, I think, if if memory serves me correctly. But uh, yeah, if you were in on him there, then I don't, I don't understand why. You know, it seems like this year all the um, all the I don't know all the conversation around Joe Mixon just seems to be negative, like. Just everyone's out on mixing this year for one reason or another. And uh, yeah, I couldn't disagree with that more. So I am, I am also in on Joe Mixon. Yeah, he's going running back 13 right now, but 21st overall at over Fantasy Pros half PPR ADP. So towards the back of round two now. Um, I'll open it up. Uh, Mike Tyler, feel free to jump in here. The yeah. only I will throw in this uh, little thing. You might want to, if you if you are not the Joe Mixon owner, uh, your opportunity to acquire him could come in after the first three weeks of the season. Uh, as again, if we're talking redraft, we're talking these short sprints here, but like uh, Minnesota at Chicago at Pittsburgh. Um, those are some teams that have some pretty decent uh, defensive lines. So he might not get off to the best start. So I, I just make sure, you know, play the long game. If you got Joe Mixon, uh, I know, like I said, I just picked him up in the league, but yep. uh, Tyler, any, any thoughts on, uh, on Mixon? Yeah, I mean, I pay attention to the usage in the game, you know, regardless of mm-hmm. his, his fantasy stats. It's going to be huge for me. Like, just seeing – like, I'm not really worried about him getting the carries, obviously. Like, I don't think that's ever been an issue when he's out there. But, like, is he necessarily, like, getting five or six targets a game? And that's where I'm like, holy crap, like, this might be a real thing. Like, I think top five upside is absolutely there for Joe Mixon. Um, you know, I, I've reluctantly come around on Joe Mixon. Uh, <laughs> a lot of it has to do with his ADP of being running back 13 – um, he's currently my RB 11, so I'm a little bit higher than ADP, especially, you know, when you're in that top 30 range, two slots is, is, is a bit more substantial than it sounds. So I think there's a, a piece of me where I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Middle of the second round, I didn't go running back in the first. Like, I think that you're, you're playing for a year, and if he gets hurt, like, absolutely that sucks. But at the same time, I'll be swinging for top five upside of running back, and that's one of the last places to do it. So I, I'm, I'm in at ADP, and I will uh, most definitely be drafting some Joe Mixon this season. All right, Mike. Any uh, any final thoughts on here? And we got another running back question in the chat, so we'll jump to that. But uh, any mixing thoughts here? Yeah, I've been a mixing fan too, so it's just time for him to put up or shut up and show that he can be a workhorse back and do it. He signed the four year contract, so let's see it. This is the time. If he doesn't do it, then everyone will fade him. So <laughs> let's see it. Yeah, and he's the name. I think when looking at this list, like the guys are going around him. You got Gibson, Najee, Mixon, and then Ceh, Dobbins, and then Dave Montgomery and. And Josh Jacobs Swift is actually going behind him too. Like, I think there's some names there that people could jump ahead of mixing your drafts. I mean, I think you're going to have every league has the guy who owned Joe Mixon at some point over the last few years. It was probably disappointed. Um, but I think, yeah, the workload would be great uh, to what we saw at the beginning of last year. What Memphis pointed to was awesome. And then obviously the passing downs work would be phenomenal if that gets added to the bunch. I mean, he can already finish, I think, borderline RB1 without it, but I think he'd be. The one last thing I'll add, Kyle, is that. You know, Joe Mixon is, excuse me, Joe Burrow, the other Joe, two Joes, that Joe Burrow is going to be a lot less because he's he's not a mobile quarterback. He's never going to be confused for Lamar or a, a Kyler, but he is a fair, was a fairly mobile guy, and I think he will be again at some point as his confidence returns. But you can almost consider him, I, I think he'll be like Matt Ryan, Jared Goff-esque. I think it's read one, read two, check down to Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon's PPR work is being vastly underrated. There you go. All right. We're moving on to another backfield here. Um, this one uh, came from Lions Pride 20 in the chat, uh, but he's not talking about the Lions, which is weird because usually when I beat Lions fans, that's all they want to talk I'm about. Here. So I'm, here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Let's go. <laughs> um, all right. He said, how do we see the Bucks backfield checking out in 2021? So, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give, Oh, there we go. Put it back up. Mike, I'm going to start with you uh, on this one. So that, that way you can bat lead off here. But, uh, for reference, these guys are going in round seven, uh, round eight. You got Ronald Jones, RB 30 right now in ADP 72 overall Leonard Fournette, just a handful of spots behind him. Uh, as, as far as overall and at the position running back 34 
And then, you know, Gio Bernard, he's living underneath that bargain bin with Austin Hooper. Uh, the dude is free right now. He's RB 60 going behind some just ridiculous names um, <laughs> right now over at fantasy pros anyway. So what's your thoughts on this buck backfield bucks backfield and, and, uh, and who, do you, who jumps out to you? Who, who are you targeting? If any, I'll start off by saying I've always been a Ronald Jones hater, so I apologize for him and his stone hands. I'm sure he's a great guy, um, but I've never had him in almost any league. So, you know, you don't want to take the first one of a group that you really don't like. Um, Lombardi Lenny is playing for a contract. I'm not going to lie. I've gotten him in a lot of best ball to, you know, see what happens. But I am genuinely concerned about a lot of the hype and rumors about Gio Bernard being you know, Tom Brady's James White out there in Tampa Bay. So if I have to go with one, I, I think I'll take Lenny late. If I have to, if maybe I'm going that zero wide receiver thing and see if Lombardi Lenny's back. But that's some big risk that I usually don't take. I'm a running back early kind of guy in general. But if I had to pick one, I'll, I'll go with Lenny and see what happens. All right. I, I like it. It's definitely uh, it's not an easy situation. That's why the tough questions are brought here to this chat uh jake memphis tyler any uh any strong feelings on this bucks backfield what's your thoughts tyler go for it man yeah i mean i'm i wouldn't say it's strong feelings but i'm definitely on the other side of that um not a ronald jones guy i mean i don't know if necessarily i'm a hater but there's always a, a, a group of people that love him way more than me so he just doesn't find his way uh on my teams but you know i think his adp is around like rb30 and rb31 and and i've been pretty comfortable drafting him in that range uh particularly as like my rb3 Let's say, um, you know, obviously I don't want Ronald Jones as there as my RB2, but if I have as my third, I feel pretty comfortable about that. You know, I, I think the big thing that comes down to it, I think he was RB like 26, uh, 2019, like RB like 16 or 18 in 2020. So like that alone, I'm like feeling okay about it. But then I think, um, and I think, you know, um, you know it was mentioned where the, the thing for me is I'm not going to try and figure out where these passing targets are going, right? Um, you know, Giovanni Bernard, Leonard Fournette, you know, I've decided that I think I can, I, I personally can identify like where more rushing attempts are going to be going. And I think like, that's going to be Ronald Jones. That's always been his bread and butter. He's not going to be a pass catching back. So I'm drafting him knowing that, you know, him getting much pass work is pretty much out the door, but I think he's the best rusher on the team. Um, you know, I think just pure rusher. Uh, and I think the big thing for me is just looking at the Bucks team, like the environment there, like they're good. They got everybody back. Like this is a team that's going to be winning football games like I think Vegas would agree and you know another little piece of that is like if they're winning football games I see uh, a decent amount of carries for Ronald Jones so it is uh, ADP RB30 I'm absolutely willing to take that risk because without him being injured I think that's his floor well I was doing a little uh, ADP check-in of my own and per the the good folks over at Fantasy Pros uh, RJ the two Ronald Jones the second is going as RB31 Leonard Fournette going as RB32. So guys going just after them are Mark, Michael Carter of the Jets. I'll take him. Damian Harris, I'll take him. David Johnson, eh. Zach Moss, I'll take him. Trey Sermon, oh, hell yes. Uh, Gus Edwards, Devin Singletary. I mean, Tony Pollard. These are all guys that I would have more interest in than either of those two guys at that ADP. But if you scroll down, keep scrolling, scroll a little bit more, and at RB62, you will find Giovanni Bernard. I'm going to take the guy who's a wide receiver six in a PPR world. Give me that guy. Give me the cheapest guy. Because that means if you tell me I can get Damian Harris or Zach Moss at the same price, I can get one of those other two Jamokes. That's a Kyle August word. I can get one of those. I can get one of those two Jamokes. I can get like a Zach Moss or a Damian Harris, and then at the back end of my draft, just tack on Giovanni Bernard for a little bit of depth. That's the way I'm going to play the Bucks backfield. And by the way, if you can't find him, Keyshawn Vaughn may be dead. <laughs> oh boy, Keyshawn Vaughn. If, if uh, you ever I mean you you can do this now if you want. I've I've already done it in a few leagues. If you have any dynasty uh, leagues, go look at your draft results just from a few months ago and see how much they probably would have been different now in August, but it's really fun to do it a year later and just laugh at what the hell we were thinking. Um I mean, and this is just it happens every year. So there's there's a bottled entertainment for you. Go check that out. Why can't they trade him to the Rams? You know, they lost Cam Keyshawn Akers. Vaughn. Yeah. Well, I mean, why, I mean, why not? I, well, I don't can, know. Can, can we get like a pack of shoestrings, maybe a couple of new Rydell shoulder pads? 
A few used jock straps. Yeah. Sean like Raymond's it, it, going there. Send Royce huh? there. Send Royce Freeman. Just, Let him have his. Just, it's like he was reading my mind. I was just about to say Royce Freeman. Give him another chance. That's amazing. Been, insiders are talking about that too. That's why they're showcasing. Yeah, ins- insiders are talking long, about so. Melvin Gordon was looking so good so they could try to trade him back to the to the L.A. area, trade him to the Rams this time, and all of a sudden he had to go mess up a, fool, a foolproof plan and pull his groin. He's got it. I can't believe you said Royce Freeman. That was going around in my head. I'm like, ah, nah, I'm not going to start a Royce Freeman discussion. And right there. The, the, the difference is, is Royce Freeman has been a bum for several years. Keyshawn yeah, Vaughn's only been a bum, bum for one year. Yeah. We are not sure he's as big of a bum yet. It's basically. Yeah. I tell you what, you can take you can take Royce Freeman and Keyshawn Vaughn, and you can drop them both right into the bus station scene in Total Recall. Uh, I'm gonna admit I don't know that reference because yep, that that one's over my head too, man. Cultured, Google guess. it. Too, the Google, Google the internet. <laughs> to make Memphis, that happen. Very topical reference. We, we got we got homework here. Um, I I'll bring up this stat on this Bucks D uh, or backfield. Sorry, um, these were the stats I threw out. These are just breaking it down. The regular season and the, pretty much the same number of games. Ronald Jones had a, almost a hundred more carries than Leonard Fournette. The targets were pretty equal. Fournette at 47 to Ronald Jones 42. Um, Fournette did a better job of hauling the passes in, as we mentioned earlier. The stone hands of Ronald Jones showed up pretty well in the regular season. But, you know, Jones was 12 fancy points per game in half PPR. Fournette was eight, um, eight and a half. In the playoffs, though, Ronald Jones completely disappeared. The dude never did anything. He averaged less than five points per game. And as we know, Fournette went freaking off almost 20 points per game. What 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 are we going to see? And that was obviously without the factor of Gio Bernard. So this is really tough. Um you know, because I going into the draft season, I thought Fournette was going to be my my guy. But when you look at you, Memphis did a great job breaking down the running backs. My God, look at the receivers around these guys. Right, just a, one two spots ahead, Jamar Chase and Chase Claypool, sandwiched uh, right between those uh, Tampa Bay running backs is T Higgins. You know where I live with that. There's no that. way in hell I'm taking one of those guys ahead of T Higgins. And then behind them, you still got I, you know, Juju Smith Schuster, Robbie Anderson. Those are guys I like. Colton Sutton, Debo Samuel. Um, you know, those are just the running backs that are there. Uh, Jerry Judy, um, not too far behind either. I just don't see myself taking those bucks running backs. Uh, I'll probably, if I end up with any, it'll be geo, I guess, and PPR, but yeah, it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue the receiving upside of any of those running backs too, given that we have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown in that offense, like how much more passing down work is there possibly for any of these running backs for that to be a significant, like to move the needle one way or the, or another. Yeah, I I wish that one of them was was uh, good enough because I think there's this team is damn good. I would love to see one guy getting the work, or even two would be fine. But now it's looking like it, it could be you know it could be three, not gonna have the traditional. Just just uh, take Ronald Jones and take the majority of the carries. You know, all right, there you go. All you right, push me in this direction. I'm here now. <laughs> Tyler's got it. He's following the carries. No problem with that. Um, I dig it. Uh, one thing I wanted to throw to you guys. Uh, this is not from the chat. This is from my head. Um, but. I'm I'm heading in. You know, I got a bunch of drafts coming up, as I'm sure a lot of listeners do. Uh, you got uh, whether it be you know over home leagues or work leagues, whatever. Friends, uh, do you guys have any either? Uh, I'll throw it a two parter. Do you have any draft day traditions, just like for yourself, like not necessarily related to the drafts? Is there anything that you kind of like do to get yourself psyched up? And then the second part of that is there anything that is fancy related? Is there something that like when you're going into your draft, you make sure that you always have you know, this available, whether it be, you know, your ranking sheet, something, you know, readily available to you, whether it's a strategy you keep an eye on. So I'll say, I'll just, as an example for that, um, one thing that I'm always doing is uh, if, even if there's a draft board, I'm always keeping track for every team who's drafted a quarterback and who's drafted a tight end. That way I can tell on the turns, if there's a position that I can maybe leave and get somebody good coming back. If I'm, if I'm looking at it and I got five teams behind me and none of them have a QB, and they all, there's only one left, I'm probably just taking that jump, grabbing that guy, and making sure that I'm not, you know, left there hanging on the way back. You know, obviously the opposite of that. If there's if they've all taken their quarterback, guess what? I can wait. I can wait another round. So that's just one thing I do on draft day as far as uh, just a little tip, um, regardless of the year, regardless of what you think on players or any of those things. So um, we'll, put, uh, we'll put Jake back on the spot. He's ready. He's ready to go. Jake, what you got? I'll pile on to what you were saying with – because I do the same thing, keeping track of other teams – uh, doing so, I it's you know I don't even know if I've been to a live draft where I don't bring a notebook or like a, a some sort of you know just yeah I guess just regular notebook. Uh, 
and I always go in with a handwritten ranking sheet. I don't, I don't know why. I, I can't give you a good reason why I don't either type something out or print out some sort of ranking sheet, but uh, that's been a tradition of mine for a very, I don't even know if I, like, I, I don't like do it. Uh, I don't know. I do it instinctively. Like it's just uh, but that weekend before I show up to the draft, that Friday before, I'm going to go through and I'm going to write down, you know, 40 different quarterbacks, 60 wide receivers' names. Uh, I don't know, man. That that's just always been the move. That's the first thing that came to mind, and uh, I definitely do the same thing. You know, the next sheet over will be the uh, the entire draft board, just you know, so that I can see and, and predict what other people are doing. But I don't know. I've always, I caught a little flack for that last year. People are like, Jake, did you write down every single player's name? Like, yeah, that's you, that's, you, know, you don't get you guys don't do that too. Hey, I I dig it. That's like, hey, it's tradition. You got to stick with it. Uh, so I like it, man. I wouldn't be giving you too much crap. Maybe we'll see. Uh, anything else? Anybody anybody else got, uh, got something that jumps off? You might want to just throw out there. Uh, Yeah. Go ahead, man. Go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, I'm a big tears guy, but man, that's good on you, Jake, for writing it down. I got to at least use, I don't know how to use Excel that well, but I got to use that to make my own tears. And then I'll just highlight them as I pick them and then cross them off as they, you know, go. And then also what I like to do is keep track of who everyone's favorite team is when I'm doing home leagues and things like that. So see who I think they might be picking that might be coming up soon. Or if I have to reach a little bit on like a CD lamb, cause Cowboys fan is right behind me. I'll be willing to do that this year. So keeping that in mind and also later trades down the road, that's how you get them and win the ships. I, yeah. I like it. I like it. Tyler, you got anything? I mean, like for me personally, like I, I every day at my at my real life job, I fight for my life in spreadsheets. Like that's just what I do for a living. So like I'm pretty big on the Excel spreadsheet thing. Like usually got like my ranks, and then I do like an aggregate ranks of like some people I really respect, and then like essentially I'll create tiers, and then there'll be like a value based drafting board, and then there'll be the real draft board, and there's teams, and like when someone's picked, it'll be, like you pick that player, and it'll basically fill out the rest of the sheet. So I can just kind of like look through all those things. To try to understand like where's the value, what do what do teams have, what do my ranks say? Like, I, I I try to break it up into like big tiers, but like I I frankly like I think tiers are important. Um, but for me they're always like way bigger than most people's I've seen. So I think that's what I do personally. I'm just big big on the Excel spreadsheets. Um, then like as far as advice goes, you know I just wanted to basically echo the fact that like just paying attention to other people in your league. Um, especially if it's, it's not a bunch of analysts, um, people, in my opinion, have a tendency to like fill their blank starters before they look for depth. So just knowing what each team has, like, Oh, this team's short on tight end. Like a lot of the times I'll see people I play with, um, you know, they're always like very concerned about, Oh, I don't have a starting tight end. Like, so they won't even pay attention to like wide receiver value or that's how they get stuck with Hawkinson or Andrews in like the fifth round. No offense. But like, um, so like, <laughs> That's basically where I'm at. It's just like, you know, just really paying attention to, um, you know, what the other teams have, like looking at the board, but also looking at their starting roster. Cause I think there's, a, there's an edge to be had when you can try to anticipate it. Um, you know, what value is going to drop. So basically what Kyle said, but a little bit more there. Uh, I would say in Memphis, I definitely want you to chime in here, but I would just, the funny thing about that is honestly, like if you've been drafting in Patreon leagues, if you've been doing best balls with all these sharks for months, you just calibrate that a little bit because it's not going to be like, Oh, you know, shit, I keep getting sniped in the middle of my draft. You're just going to be sitting there watching value just pour all over the place. Right. But you're dealing with a different animal. Like for me, I, and it seems like every freaking, like if I'm doing a league with just casual people, all of a sudden people are taking two quarterbacks in one QB leagues, which, so then I'm like, it's a super flex. Oh yeah. I'm like, Oh shit. Now I'm staring down Jameis as my leg or something and it can get bad quick. So don't get too full of yourself that, you know, like everything, like, that's it's just important to adapt to those weird things where you're not just completely screwed um just but you know be smart about it but there's definitely those things those are real so i just want that came right to mind so i want to throw out there but memphis all you bro uh mine's similar to to jake now i also am a am a handwritten paper and pen guy but what i do is on the back of that sheet whether i print off rankings or I think I do a combination. I get my rankings on a spreadsheet and I print that out. And then when I'm about three or four picks away, I just rank the next four or five players on the board. So if I'm four picks out, I'm going to write down my next top five players. Because then no matter who gets taken in front of me, I don't get sniped. I don't want to be four picks out and be like, yep, Cooper Cup's going to fall to me. 
And then he doesn't, and then all of a sudden you got like a minute and a half, and you're scrambling and you're losing your shit. Whereas if if you know if you're four out and you rank the next five guys, trust your rankings. There you go. These are my next five. I want one of these five. Your turns up. You you feel confident. You're making that pick with uh, uh, confidence. And then like a tradition, uh, my wife, whenever uh, I go to a draft or we host one, she'll take that thing where you fry up a pound of sausage, spicy sausage, a pound of hamburger, a block of Velveeta cheese, a jar of salsa, and she'll mix it all up in a crock pot and uh, serve it with those really good Tostito scoops. Mm. So you can, uh, yeah. and, and, and just go hard in the paint, man. Just just go hard on, on that and uh, drafting. But make sure you're having fun. You know, if, if you're a person listening to a podcast, you're probably the sharpest person in your league. Play it cool, mm. you know. Because you've already got a leg up because you're listening to pods and, and writing down rankings, especially if you're a nerd like Jake and doing all that shit by hand. <laughs> but you're already you're you're already in the top one percent of your league, so go in there confident and uh, you know don't be the guy or the lady who goes ah you, you sniped me. No one gives a shit, pal. No one cares that that was your deepest darkest sleeper of the year. No one cares. As a matter of fact, you're embarrassing yourself in front of a room full of people that don't care as much as you do. What's the yes. old saying? Act like you've been there before. Have some fun. And remember, this is your workmates. This is your friends from the gym. This is whoever. Save the hyper-competitiveness for when you're with the, the hyper-competitive gamers. I, I dig it. Our uh, co-host of the Warzone here, Jerry Sinclair, chimed in. He said, Randy got his wife trying to get everybody diarrhea. So Sorry that your people. digestive tract is the, that of a, of, a, of a dainty little flower. I saw how you ate this weekend. He ain't giving you diarrhea. The digestive tract of a dainty oh flower. Oh, gosh. Uh, we also got Did you see Jerry? You see some of the pictures I posted of Jerry? He, dude. Way I, more I, handsome. Way more handsome and, and taller. Somebody Taller. said, uh, somebody, it was, I think it was Andrew on Twitter. You know, I'm not surprised. Jerry, if you're listening, I'm not surprised. I knew you were that handsome and that tall. He said, he asked, is Jerry as stunning in real life? Uh, he commented that on a, because Memphis has been thrown out on this. You know, it, 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 it was nice very off-putting. Of it was very off-putting. You know, <laughs> I, I was I was like, at least I'll be better looking than Jerry. Nope, not in real life. <laughs> I can Instagram angle him. I can, you know, I can video camera angle him on the podcast. But in, in real life, you know, Jerry, he's got that uh, Baker Mayfield stubble. I can't, I can't beat this guy. <laughs> Boy, if that bummed you out, Memphis, you're going to be really bummed out when we meet next year. Oh, there it is, Jake. What, what are already. you talking about? Last time, last time I saw you, you know, you had a, a Justin Bieber haircut. <laughs> I'm coming in next year with a Justin Fields jersey. Oh boy, here we go. We're going to bring. We we got well, some. It's way it's way too late now. I'm not taking the bait. <laughs> uh g in the uh in the chat he gave some good advice too he just told everyone to be calm uh in your draft so we'll just leave it at that if you're on youtube you get the bonus of seeing what the hell g's throwing out there uh last last bonus thing i I don't know why i didn't mention this this is like my go-to thing a lot of the times too again as you're doing these drafts like they aren't your normal dynasty drafts and things a lot of you guys are diehards clearly if you're listening to podcasts on this on this stuff listen to us um do take wherever you're drafting from, you know, whether it's sleeper or Yahoo or ESPN jump in a mock draft. If any, not just to draft a team like that doesn't really matter. It's half the time. It's who cares, but get a feel for the room, but also get a feel for the, their rankings on that site. You, you'd be surprised at the, where these guys could be buried in, in on that site's generic rankings. And a lot of times when you're drafting with, you know, the, the average Joe, they're looking at what's in front of them. And if there's if they have to scroll at all, that guy is a complete freaking ghost until start, those guys ahead of him start going. So um, I highly take advantage of that a lot of times. Like I, you know, don't get lost, don't get stuck yourself. Like you know, being lazy. You know, note where those guys are in those uh, in those rankings and where you could maybe you know sneak one through or like, hey, I don't I don't love this guy in round seven, but he's not even ranked anywhere close to that right now. I could probably get him, you know, in round eight and feel pretty decent. So. Yeah, and there's nothing better than showing up to a live draft and they hand out like the ESPN ranking sheet to everybody. It's like, oh, oh yeah. And then I pull out my handwritten one and slide that over the top and no one has any idea. I love that. Absolutely yeah. love that. Jake's like, oh, I needed a place to put my gum. Thank oh, you. Hey, did you print off that ADP this year? I really need it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've I've been in those leagues and 
surprisingly some of those leagues the buy-ins were i was like there was enough money here i might have at least done a little of my own research instead of us all oh, by, by the way by the way by the way if you are the ultra nerd in your group and you do all the homework and all the leg group don't, don't tell them because when you lose to them they just tell you look at you nerd you did all your homework you got oh, beat by a bunch of bunch of home leaguers <laughs> you know you do a podcast <laughs> yeah you do a podcast and you finish seventh you must suck uh, I've definitely, I think we've all been there. That's been, that's been, yeah, it's time. like, it's like, yeah, you know, I, I'm sorry. It was the season that I lost, uh, Alan Robinson in week one and David Johnson in week three, man, I'm terrible. Good times. Good times. Uh, it, it's just part of the game, right? Yeah. But, but my biggest thing to, for everybody to take away is this. Don't put so much stress on, on your draft. You're not going to win your league at the draft, but you can lose it. You don't have to make the hero play. You don't have to make the crazy upside play. You you want to be solid. You want to be steady. You want to hit a double, to use a baseball term. You want to, you don't have to hit a home run. You don't have to hit a grand slam. You want to come away with solid starters. And the real diligence and dedication to your league is making sure that you're listening to the Fantasy Football Smackdown, the weekly waiver wire show, which I think should be out on like Monday night via YouTube and Tuesday podcast. I know you're going to have Dr. Kyle Bowser, our board-certified doctor of physical therapy, popping by to do that. You guys are going to be making recommendations. That's where you're going to win your draft. You're going to win your draft by picking up that guy. How much of your fab budget to use? And, of course, I'm going to promote our own show. But that's the, the, that's the real tip is, remember, you're not going to win it there. So just be cool. Yeah, definitely. And take it. Yeah, you're definitely gonna be able to take advantage of your uh, of your league mates on the wire to be way more plugged in. People get lazy after draft day, and obviously we're all into this, so we won't. Um, one thing that Memphis pointed out is like you can't win your league at the draft. I would say uh, I didn't even realize this, so I'll just maybe other people did. Bye weeks don't even start till week six. I mean, this year it's crazy. And I've always been somebody that's like, hey, don't worry about you know if if uh, for your bench like those are the guys that you hope to play later. Right. Don't don't just take someone super safe just because like, oh, I, I may need to plug him in, you know, but, but by week six, the, all this shit's going to change where it's going to be. There's going to be a lot of guys that we thought were going to be half decent that won't. And, you know, not that I hate this guy, but somebody like, uh, you know, like a T.Y. Hilton. Right. His value on draft day is going to be OK. Are you going to play him any of the first six weeks? Probably not. And after by week six, like hopefully you have somebody much hotter on your roster that you feel like, dang, I got I got my guy here as opposed to like kind of the you know what we all know ty hilton will be no disrespect to the man he's been a fantasy you know great but you know that kind of guy is just doesn't really do it for me you know hey Kyle, i know you're trying to wrap up and get this thing out of here but for next week's show can we all just bring like our best tips and tricks to yeah. to do in a league um you know o- over the court like one of my favorites is calendar reminders we all carry a smartphone in our pocket unless you're andrew luck and like someone's gonna, you're, you're, you know, he's got a flip phone. It's not my fault he likes a flip phone. But if you have the calendar reminder, like your Google Calendar, your Apple Calendar, and you're starting to hear buzz that Michael Thomas is gonna come back, because someone's gonna draft Michael Thomas because he's Michael Thomas, and then they're realizing they're not gonna get him back till week seven. They're gonna get a running back or someone else injured. They're gonna drop Michael Thomas to go pick up that waiver wire handcuff, and then you're just gonna let him sit there. And then about week four or five, you're going to start hearing Shefty and Chris Mortensen and Ian Rappaport say, looks like Michael Thomas. So if he's going to come back week seven, you set a calendar reminder for week five. You go in, you pick him up on that week's of waiver wire run. You get him for a buck. And then you sit on him for two weeks. And then you potentially have a very high-scoring wide receiver to add to what should already be a very useful. But you might forget, unless, again, you listen to the Fantasy Football Smackdown, and Kyle does waiver wire sniping. It's a great piece, by the way. And But if you don't have to remember, because when Kyle does that, you, you use your tools and technology. And, and that's a great one. So can we all bring some tips and tricks for next week to uh, you know, yeah. help get these people ready? Because I think this weekend is the 21st. I think next weekend's the biggest draft weekend of the year, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, this this the next for sure. The week, weekend before Memorial or Labor Day, I always mix them up. I don't know why. I do too. Progress. Labor Day uh, is is definitely a big one. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll be right back here next Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, just uh, and, uh, yeah. one last thing, Kyle. Yeah, I'm really chat. looking. I'm really looking forward to 32 tight ends in 16 minutes next week. <laughs> it's going to be special. Yes, it's going to be off the chain. There's a reason we left that for the end. 
Um, and we had some good tight end talk here. So I appreciate you guys coming on here. So um, real quick, if you just, there's anything you want to promote um, uh, or anything, uh, Tyler, what's, uh, what's, what's the schedule looking like for, for, uh, for you guys over the DFS side? Yeah, absolutely. We um, we're going to be having a, like an intro, like kicking it off and then a strategy pod uh, right before the season starts. And then we'll be ready to roll regular season week one DFS. Um, I've been taking a look at some of the pricing. I think there's uh, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, money to be had, uh, I shall say. So I'm looking forward to getting that out there in the next week or two. Mike, why don't you give the people a peek behind the curtain if they finally if, if they haven't ponied up yet? Let's go get in the Patreon. What what are you guys doing over there? What do you got to look? What do they have to look forward to? Yeah, so for the Patreon pod, we we have we've had three done for a while now, so that'll probably be the next one up. Um, we were we're gonna do a kind of courtroom style game review of some Patreon four kind of have a prosecutor and defendant for like someone's RB room, wide receiver room, or tight end room, and someone be the judge, which would be kind of a fun good time. And you know, Patreon twelve just finished up too, so that one still needs a review. So these leagues are always active and changing. So. It's always easy to talk about it when everyone's trading and and teams are all aflame. So it's a good time. So definitely join the Patreon and come on in and in the chat. It's the best thing you can do for you. Yeah, and Mike, appreciate you. Thanks for coming on, bro. It's the first time we've got to chat, but uh, it was excellent having you here. And just uh, keep up the good work with the Patreon stuff. We'll definitely have you back here uh, on the SmackDown on the stream. So appreciate you, dude. Uh, Jake, you ain't doing anything. You're bailing on me next week. You want to share where the hell you're going? Why, what's more important than a, than a podcast? Or are you just going to keep that to yourself? No, the people can know heading to Outer Banks, California. California? Fuck no. Uh, oh, can we do that? <laughs> uh, you did. Until we get a sponsor that says we can't, you go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, go- <laughs> I'm going to uh, North Carolina, not California. Uh, you can tell where I'm at now on the Miller Lights. And after, after that one just dropped, it's probably a good time to wrap up this show. Uh, yeah, I'm bummed we couldn't talk a little bit about Royce Freeman. Maybe we can save that for two weeks from now. But next time you hear me on this show, I think it's going to be a regular season time. Yeah, we're, we're going to be getting pretty damn close. Pumped so, up, man. Yeah, absolutely. Memphis, uh, I know you guys did a, a really a really good training camp buys for Dynasty this last week, you and Jerry. What's the word, just if the people don't already know, what's uh, what's coming up with the war zone? When we bring in the big bet? What, what's going on with all this stuff in, for our in-season coming up? I'll get to that in a second. First of all, I just can't tell you how proud I am of Mike. And last week we had Jesse. We got to get the third man of the crew. We got to get Chad in here to do a show with us real soon. And uh, those guys are going to be providing content starting next offseason. We've got a couple of concepts in the work uh, for some great offseason content because, you know, there won't be a need for DFS. There won't be as much redraft going on. And uh, you can never have enough, uh, you know, good good talent on your team. And these guys have been absolutely killing the Patreon pods. Yeah, uh, tomorrow night, me and uh, an- another patron, his name is Neil Gray. He's almost like the family admin. Neil is great. He and I are going to jump on and just do some quick sells. Like you said, Jerry and I did some buys uh, on the show uh, for this past Wednesday. Neil's going to jump on with me. And yeah, man, uh, the big bet will come back the, the first week of the regular season. Right now with us doing the Q&A live and Dr. Kyle's schedule, it's just hard to get him nailed down. But definitely going to start the big bet week one. And for the YouTube listener, we uh, I'm moving. Like I know you're going to be doing some waiver wire, sniping some smaller videos and stuff for the YouTube. I'm going to be doing the same thing with the big bet. So last year uh, I did real well with prop bets. But here's the thing. By the time the line comes out on Wednesday for the, the, the Thursday night game or the lines come out Friday into Saturday for the Sunday games, by the time that I actually sit down behind the mic, record a podcast, get it edited, get it up for you all to consume, those numbers are stale. And the Sharps and the people have beat those numbers up. So whereas I might have told you to bet Joe Mixon over 69 and a half rushing yards, by the time that you actually hear the pod and can act on it, the number might be 79. And you've lost value. So I feel like if I do those live, I can do them from my office at work. I can do them from the cab of my truck. And if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel with the notifications turned on, if you're not, you may be missing out on money. So that's going to be the best part. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be just have to swallow my pride and not have to feel so, uh, you know, into about the quality of the of the of the overall production, and just really focus on the overall quality of the picks. So make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube for that, so that way you get the best possible number. Because I know gambling is now legal in like half the country. Yeah. 
So no, there you great, go. Great stuff. I'm looking forward to that. I know I got bit by a, a few times where by the time I listened to it, I was like, oh, dang it. You know, I missed it. You know, that line that moved already. So <laughs> it's crazy how much it, it, a line can move. I mean, literally in the matter of a couple of hours. Uh, I'll never forget last year the game that Keenan Allen screwed all of the fantasy gamers, <laughs> says he was going to have a big game against the Raiders. And his numbers came out for that Thursday night game. It was like six and a half receptions and like 70 yards. And by the time that like, you know, a couple of hours later, it was down to like three and a half and 30. And by the time the game kicked off, he was off the board entirely. And so if you wow. had been subscribed to the YouTube, you would have gotten those numbers live. He did play, so it was live action. And that's how quickly things can change from a betting perspective because uh, Vegas does not like losing. So that's, uh, that, that's the best uh, incentive I can give you to sign up for the YouTube. There you go. Well, and besides seeing Jake's Bieber haircut. You know. Exactly. Exactly. I don't even have the Bieber haircut anymore. It's totally different. <laughs> it's been weeks. Come on. Jeez. It's been um, dozens of days. Dozens. All right. For, for Jake, Memphis, Tyler, Mike, and myself, appreciate you joining us. Thank you to everybody that answered or asked questions in the comments. We're going to be back here on the SmackDown next Monday night. I'll have guest hosts talking tight ends. It's going to be excellent. And then we'll be right back here for a Q&A next Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern time. You guys take it easy. Stay safe. We'll catch you next week.